Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, Stephen? Good. I'm excited. Yeah? Yeah, we're rec- see, we don't usually record on a Friday, but it's a Friday, so work week is over, then drink a really good beer. This is going to be a He's good He's like, episode. what's the highest ABV in my fridge? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Yeah, I'm like, can't drink this one on a Tuesday or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I got a strong one today. And our topic today is we are going to do a deep dive into Youngling Brewery. But before we get into any of that, we're going to do the best part of the podcast, drinking beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you got a good one. So yes. I'll introduce mine and give some nose notes and I'll pass it over to Steven. So I am drinking... Dark Charge from Braxton Brewing, and this is their mole version. So this is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with ancho chili, vanilla bean, cinnamon, and cocoa. This is basically my favorite kind of beer right now. Yeah, this is the quintessential Jason beer. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very excited about this. And it has a cap I don't have. Oh, there you go. I'm going to add that to your collection. I'm really excited about that. Which I got to do something with these. I just make magnets out of mine. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should, maybe I should just break down and do magnets. I had this really like ambitious idea of making like a table with like a, a, a epoxy pour. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm that talented. <laughs> I really don't want to mess up all these caps. All right. So this is pouring extremely dark, as you would expect. And even the head is like a dark, 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 dark brown. Um, it's thick, like really small bubbles. And it's it's hanging around. Ooh, it smells good. It smells boozy. But I get chili, cocoa, vanilla, and oh, you definitely get some of that like woody bourbon barrel notes on the nose too. All right, I'm gonna dive into this one while you introduce yours. All right, I am drinking Super Baked by Great Notion. Ooh, I like Great Notion. Mm-hmm. Out of Portland, Oregon. This is a tart ale with blueberry, lemon, cinnamon, and vanilla. And uh, lactose, I think. It's 8%. Pretty excited. You got a strong one today, too. Yeah. I One of my favorite beers I drank from them when we were at the tap room was the Edge of Dessert beer. It had the lactose and the cinnamon in it. So I I'm hoping that. that this one... Wasn't that the beer that changed your mind about lactose? Yeah. I was like, oh, somebody does it right. We'll see if, so- we'll see if they did it right twice. I just had a beer the other day from Pint House. Uh, it was like a peach cobbler sour, so it had cinnamon in it, and the cinnamon was wrong. It was just, it was like burning. I don't really want to like drink a sour beer and then like have my throat burning. Yeah, that's kind of a weird combination. All right, so that. pouring like a kind of a deep red maroon. Yeah, that's a beautiful color. Yeah, very little head, just uh, some effervescent bubbling. As soon as I poured, it was like straight blueberry. Definitely getting some of that lemon as well. 
kind of a I always have a hard time picking out vanilla, but it is that sort of like just like creaminess mm-hmm. aroma. I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, very much like a like a tart pie, which this is trying to emulate. So that's what it it's, it's very much smells like a blueberry fruit pie. So so far so good. Yeah. See how it tastes. All right, cheers. Cheers. All right. This is good. It's not perfect. It's like so on the entrance you get big maybe like baker's chocolate. And then a little bit of vanilla, and then it kind of brightens, and it gets a little bit sweeter. Still chocolate. Then there's a touch of cinnamon in the bourbon barreling. And then you do get, like, chili on the finish. It's really creamy, and there's probably, like, a touch of booze on the very end. But otherwise, the booze is undetectable, which is impressive because it's 12%. But I just wish the vanilla, chili, and cinnamon were more forward. It's almost like all chocolate. Hmm. So... It's not bad, but I want all four flavors. Yeah, a little disappointing for yeah. So beer that we uh, touted as the quintessential yeah, Jason it's, beer. <laughs> it's it's not the quintessential Jason beer. It is in label only, but not experience. So I give it a thumb sideways or thumbs right. down. That's fair. Yeah, sound that look. Your face looks like a thumbs down. I think it's a spin. I'd have to look into it more on their dark charge. And I think maybe just needs a little bit more refinement. Yeah. They were conservative yeah. in there. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want to make it too out there, but um, you can dial it up for me. So how nice. was yours? Uh, mine was really good. Very like sort of this rich blueberry pie filling flavor with that hint of cinnamon giving that, I think almost this like sort of birthday cake sweetness to it, which is probably that milk sugar vanilla combination so kind of this blueberry funfetti thing going a nice like lemon acidity to it balancing the sweetness i would say like not too sweet and also not too sour very well balanced but a nice sweet blueberry cinnamon pie flavor so it's good it's thumbs up yeah refreshing nice. yeah it's like refreshing it doesn't uh, like i said i've had a beer where the cinnamon kind of burns this just sort of complements, gives it that nice pie-filling flavor without being too in the way of a sour, sweet beer. So Very good. They uh, do it again. Yeah, they nailed it. Um, okay, well, that was our um, Drink It Beer segment. And now, usually we would do the news, but we're abandoning the news this week for an experimental news segment. Podcast exclusive. That's right. And we're calling it Postscript, because Stephen has informed me in the pre-roll of the conversation that a lot of times he thinks of things he wanted to say in the episode after we record. So we're going to give... Every week. Yeah, every week every it really week. happens. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to give you an opportunity to add those things. The funny thing is, sometimes I'm listening to the episode and I'm like, oh man, this would be a great place to say such and such. And then I say it. And oh, I'm like, wow. Oh, I kind of forgot that I said it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Sometimes I did actually say the thing, but there are a lot of times where I'm like, oh man, I forgot all these things. So this week, well, it's been a couple episodes ago. Okay. We did the beer like commercials, beer marketing. Yes. And we went on like tons of tangents in that episode, but there were all these beer commercials because I was like talking to people about it afterwards, and there are all these beer commercials that I thought of after. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love those commercials. So now I have to mention them. Okay, yeah, fill us in. So first of all, we did mention the Budweiser Frogs. I watched the whole series <laughs> of how that went. 
I totally forgot about the funny chameleons in the trees. Do you remember them? No. Oh, yeah. So, like, they had the Budweiser frogs, and then you had these chameleons. <laughs> and the one is, like, so upset that, like, he didn't get picked by Budweiser to be their spokesperson, you know, to be the spokesperson. These stupid frogs. All they say is Budweiser. And um, he's, like, hates these frogs. He's, like, heckling them from the tree. And then he, like, wants to... <laughs> He's just like he's so upset that it's not him. And then his like the other chameleon buddy is just like trying to talk and like, dude, you're you're crazy. Like, what's your, it's no big deal. So then like in later <laughs> commercials, he hires a weasel to um like knock the Budweiser sign down into the water and electrocute the frogs. <laughs> <laughs> How do I not remember this? And then the one frog, the wise frog. He has like some he has side effects from it, so he goes like wise, 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 wise. <laughs> so they hire the lizard to do the wise part, and it's so funny because it goes like bud, and then he goes wise, <laughs> and then it's like bud wise. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally gets his position. Yeah, but then but, the other two frogs like beat up, beat him up for it and stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize there was like a whole multi arc storyline to the Budweiser. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So anyway, do yourself a favor and watch that. Watch the, the whole other... series on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a YouTube video where they just all go together. Uh, okay. The other one I totally forgot about. Do you remember the Bud Ice Penguins? No. First of all, do you remember Bud Ice? No, what was Bud Ice? I don't know. It's some sort of version of Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, that failed. Yeah. This is called Bud Ice. <laughs> but all the ads were like, People like buying it, and then they would get stalked by this penguin that was trying to steal it back from them. Penguins love butt ice or something. And for whatever reason, this penguin would be like, would go doobie doobie doo. Do you remember that? It might be ringing a bell, but I'm also like, (laughs) is this a nightmare I had when I was a little kid? So there's this one where. the the phone rings it's like this couple and they're they're like sitting on the couch and drinking butt ice and the (laughs) phone rings and he picks it up and it's just this like uh hey you enjoying your butt ice (laughs) and then he hangs up quickly and he's like and she's like that's the third call tonight and he's like it's okay i have the police tracking the call and then the phone rings again and he picks it up and it's the police, and they're like, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera pans to the like upstairs bedroom, and the penguin's there, and he goes, doobie, doobie, <laughs> Wow. That's a scary commercial. Oh, my God, it's so funny. So it's like, enjoy your bread ice, but just beware of the penguins or something. It's pretty funny. And I then I don't know. That too. Yeah, it's a good one. And then I don't know how I forgot the, the WhatsApp commercials oh so annoying <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> yeah so those were good those are fun to watch because they are pretty funny actually and then the one that like sticks with me is kind of newer the whole like bud light night okay I know. yes and the um the like dilly dilly thing where they're like bringing bud light to the king have you seen those? Yeah, so they're like bringing gifts of beer to the king, and they're all bringing Bud Light, and they're like dilly dilly. And then some guy shows up. This is me, okay? It's me in the commercial showing up and being like, "I have this barrel aged mead or something." 
Right. And the, the king is like, the, yeah. the king is like, put him in the pit of misery. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but hey, that guy has a really good beer to share. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the king couldn't appreciate it. The king was not a beer snob. Mm-mm. So the beer snobs get thrown in the pit of misery. So. Good job, Bud Light, and making funny commercials. There's one right now. It's current commercial. It's for uh, Jim Beam. I've seen. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. But the one where he's like, he's like, what do I want at the bar? And it's like the guy's like, you you want this awesome IPA that's <laughs> aged in goat's milk? And then this other guy's like, you want a dark beer? And the bartender's like, you just want a Jim Beam on a, in a highball? Excellent. <laughs> So they basically poke fun at our most beloved craft beer hobby. Yeah, but luckily I'm mature enough to not be offended by that. You take the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just say that would definitely be me recommending (laughs) some weird beer to him. And he's like, what? And he'd be like, can I just get a whiskey? (laughs) But yeah, I do like the I like the fact that the commercials are kind of jumping on that sort of making fun of beer snobs i like that it's probably a smart move if i was in charge of marketing for the macro breweries i'd make fun of us too sure i mean they're wrong but it's okay i know how silly i sound to some people luckily i I have you (laughs) (laughs) i don't see macro beer drinkers and craft beer drinkers i only see craft beer drinkers that just haven't found their gateway period. <laughs> it's okay this is where they're at on their journey yeah exactly someday they'll come around all right well that was fun i don't have anything to add but now that i know we have a post script segment i'll yeah, write if you down you think of something yes you needed to say but you didn't say it i actually really like this as a concept i think they should put this in every podcast i listen to we can make corrections here too you know yeah we act- can do corrections, actions. Actions. <laughs> it's too late for reactions uh, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll go forward with this. If you think this is a good idea or a bad idea, you can always contact us at contact.attenuation at gmail, or on Instagram at attenuation.podcast. Or if we have some amazing beer news, we can always do the beer news section, but yeah, sometimes we're like... There is no beer news this week. Very slow beer news week. Yeah. So, postscript. So it's postscript and or beer news. And you will see... As we get into this episode, I feel like a long time ago, the beard news every week would be like, this brewery burned down this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're going to get into it. But it seems like if you have a brewery that's existed for more than 100 years. If it's burned down. Yes, it has to have burned down at least once, sometimes (laughs) multiple times. And you have to also have had like multiple cataclysmic events that almost destroyed your entire market share. It's pretty interesting. That's American craft beer history right there. I guess it is. So we can get into it. So we are talking about Youngling, which right away I was so confused when you said it's the oldest brewery because I had not heard of it. Well, and one of the reasons is why one of the only reasons I know about it is that they just started distribution to Texas just recently. And so like I kind of heard about it before as this um, very popular American lager. But I think it's pretty exclusively on the East Coast. Okay, that would make a lot of sense because they're in Pennsylvania. So yeah, so I think yeah. they started distribution down more into the south, and of course Texas now. But yeah, I'm not surprised now that we didn't really know about it on the west coast because I don't think they distribute that far. So. Okay, yeah, because I I'm looking at like 
maybe I've just overlooked it, but it does not look familiar to me. But I'm going to have to try to get my hands on some of this. But yeah, it's kind of a, this brewery is interesting. It's kind of like the American story because it's a, it was founded by an immigrant. So it's funny because his name is Youngling, but it's... That's the Americanized version. Right, they Americanized it. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce... Yeah, I don't know the German, I don't know how you would say that, like, Jungling or... Yeah, Jungling, I think. Um, But yeah, like, so many people that came to America, they wanted to kind of, they would, you know, you'd do a slight modification to your surname, because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good to be an immigrant for certain people at certain times, so you just kind of change your name a little bit. So that's how it became Youngling, which is interesting. Um, It makes tracing your genealogy difficult sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, interesting that they they did that. And then he came here in 1828. And then by 1829, he opened the brewery. So I think he had a I think he had had a brewing history in Germany. Right. So he had a plan when he came here. And it was called Eagle Brewing when they first opened it. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Okay. Yeah. And the the original brewery was Eagle Brewing with a bald eagle as its emblem. Wait, nice. So was that now when was America's was it America already the bald eagle already the national bird? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know when that actually got like established. I I'll ass- look that up. Yeah, I assume it was probably a symbol of early America already. Seventeen eighty two. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So cool. Just take you know Yeah, he was like all in on America. Yeah. <laughs> in Pennsylvania, which is kind of is the, like the birthplace of our country in lots of ways, right? So he was doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> he had a plan and he executed. <laughs> but, of course. What happens right away? In 1831, he had a couple years of peace. <laughs> And then it burned down, which I, I, I guess I assume is just it's a part of a lot of these brewers' histories because they're working with fire, right? They got to heat the wort, like there's it's a dangerous condition, and it's just I don't know. It seems like something just happens. It seems like yeah, there's a lot of fires in breweries historically, and kind of a lot of fires probably in general, but for sure because if you're using fire like indoors, <laughs> yeah, uh, in uh, yeah. In probably not OSHA compliant buildings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like pre-regulation, probably. Um, so pre-labor conditions. Yeah. So, so who knows what they were doing in there? But yeah, burned down right away. So they made it a good solid two years without having an incident. But, <laughs> but they did uh, not give up. No, they just moved. Um, they found a new location and they changed their name at that point to dg youngling and son because their son um so david's son frederick joined his dad as um uh, owner uh, of the brewery so that is when it became youngling but they did retain the bald eagle emblem that's still there and i feel like kind of skipping ahead but they still use that symbol yeah i think so all the way to today they even i think they have like yeah eagle packaging they started using that again in 2017 so the bald eagle is still there so that's pretty cool yeah they were the the biggest producer of porter in the united states at that time uh they made amber lager so those are their two sort of main beers they still are in many ways uh they have not changed course <laughs> no youngling hazy ipa yet no no they are traditional <laughs> to the core 
<laughs> so then, of course, the obvious next step in the history of any brewery in the United States is prohibition, which brought tons of challenges, right? I mean, if you're a brewery and you didn't want to adapt to prohibition, you were done. Yeah, this, okay, this was fascinating to me. I was trying to find a little bit more information on this. But they switched to producing near beer products, which one that is such a funny like phrase to me, near beer. And on their website, they have a picture of a, they have a beer, quote unquote, <laughs> but it's called a cereal beverage. And it says right on the label, non-intoxicating, pure and wholesome, refreshing and satisfying. And it contains less than one half of a percent of alcohol. I want to. I does wanna, sound kind of good. I want to time travel and drink one of these. <laughs> like, what did it taste like? Was it just like a? Yeah, I mean, probably just super malty. Yeah, just like a non-alcoholic malt beverage. And I guess people were drinking these. I'm trying to think. Like, maybe if it had 0.5 percent alcohol content, do you think if you drank enough of them, <laughs> how many would you have to drink? You have to drink like <laughs> six to. It's be the equivalent of like one three percent beer. Hey, maybe that meant they were their sales were good. I guess maybe. I just don't know who would be drinking this. But then they also made ice cream, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they made a they had a dairy, so they made ice cream. They had a couple dance halls that they opened at the times, and then their near beer is how they weathered prohibition, which is kind of cool. And then I love what happened when prohibition ended. They made a beer called the Winter Beer. And apparently they shipped a truckload of it to <laughs> President Roosevelt. That's awesome. Of course. Uh, that's amazing. 21st Amendment. It's the uh, best name for a brewery of all time. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we've always said that and uh, St. Arnold Brewery. St. Arnold. Yeah, our patron saint of beer. The two totally. best names of breweries. <laughs> can't, beat, can't beat it. So they actually kept the dairy. It says they kept the dairy business until 1985. That's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, so technically, when I was born, for a couple years, I could have maybe got Youngling ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you did, and you just don't remember. I don't think so. I never lived in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. What was the What was the cereal beverage called? Uvo or something? Yeah, Uvo. J U V O. A cereal beverage. Cereal beverage. Refreshing. I just I wish I I wanna I wanna know like the marketing behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll put that in the postscript. I'll do more research. There you know there's a drink that's called postum or something. <laughs> okay. And I think it's very similar, kind of a like a malt grain beverage. It was created by post cereal company. Yeah, that's the thing, is like it's supposed to be like a breakfast thing or Yeah. Well I think it's just like, you know, just cereal grains. It's just a drink uh, unfermented you know it's like drinking wort basically oh would it be sweet then yeah it'd be like a sweet malt beverage interesting yeah that might be kind of good yeah postum was hot so it was kind of a coffee substitute for people who didn't drink coffee people drink postum oh you drink it warm mm-hmm huh. it'd be like drinking cream of wheat kind of <laughs> like, sounds... a thin, like a thinned out cream of wheat that sounds know, might... so gross <laughs> i don't know it might be kind of good all right now this is the time travel list. Let's see. Other major events in Youngling's history. I can't believe it. It's kind of crazy to think in 1954 they were celebrating 125 years. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> it really is kind of a cool story. I mean, we did the brewery highlight of Anchor Brewing. And, of course, 
they I don't know it's, I guess it's sort of west the west coast version of Youngling but this is a brewery this is a brewery that started like Granite America you know this is kind of ingrained in the American history because it was born out of New England um, early America this is, this is pretty cool yeah totally so they're already at what year did you say it is now so 1954 was 125 years existence. That's so crazy. In 1960, Ray Norbert becomes the brewmaster, although he had essentially held that position for 40 years already. But They finally gave him the title. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> um, and then in 1963, Frank Youngling died. He was 86 years old. So he had become president and chairman of board. Uh, the chairman of the board, you know, he had been that for 64 years after his dad died. And then his sons took over. So I, it's still in his, that family. That's, see, that to me is insane. Yeah, it's that another it, crazy thing. That it's remained in the family that long. Because a lot of times that does not happen with something, with a company this old. Right. And then in 1976, the brewery officially got named uh the Amer- america's oldest brewery on the national and state registers oh cool and then in 79 it was the 150th anniversary so crazy yeah that's nuts and it's kind of cool that they did it only doing a few beers right and you know, they just kind of stuck to their two three beers that they made yeah well even now they have like a pretty tight lineup yeah but we can get to the beers they make now after we catch up well they um for whatever reason, and I don't know, like, I'm not sure exactly on the timeline of this, the, that Amber Lager went away, and then it wasn't until 1987 that they reintroduced it. So I had this beer a couple weeks ago, and it really is an interesting lager. It's very, very non-lagerish because, well, like I said, it's amber, more malty, and it has a lot of those like estery flavors that lagers tend to not have because you're cold fermenting and that's one of the reasons you make beer that way is that you get a very crisp clean flavor okay you don't get a lot of yeast esters Mm -hmm. this one i feel like there's there's quite a bit of that so almost feels like a hefeweizen in a way well or kind of like a kolsch like a like a malty kolsch that's really interesting. Now I want to try one. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that as f- far as it was from your other loggers, at least in Pennsylvania in that area, if you went to a brewery and just or went to a, like a pub and asked for a logger, they would pour you a youngling. So. Wow. Yeah, it became the standard logger for that area. It became like it became. Um... Kleenex, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1987, they reintroduced that traditional amber lager. And in 96, which is kind of interesting, this really is sort of the beginning of, is what would we say, Anchor Brewing and Sierra Nevada were kind of late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. So the demand for these craft beers is increasing anyway. And then in 1996, the demand for Youngling was it started to exceed what they could make. So they decided to withdraw from some of the markets that were outside of their area. Kind of like, you know, it's interesting now that like 
it isn't until 2020, 2019 maybe, that they actually start expanding their markets again. Because in 1996, they started to sort of come back into their and stay local just because of the, the demand <laughs> in order to meet their local demand. You know, that was more important to them. Gotcha. That's kind of an interesting and cool decision. Yeah. Is that why uh, New Glarus only sells in Wisconsin? Or? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what their like, rationale behind that policy is, but it's kind of cool they have like a loyalty to the local community. But they eventually take on like more production capacity. Yeah, so, yeah, so they built a plant in Tampa, Florida, a former brewery that um, had gone out of business. They took over. They expanded their production. And I, I guess I would assume that they would have then they start to expand distribution. But like I said, it's very interesting that it wasn't until just this year that they made it to Texas. So they've, yeah. been, they've been fairly conservative in their growth and uh, at least in their distribution areas. So maybe one day it'll get out to you. I know. I want it to. I want to try this, some of these beers. Also, I was wrong about... Um, I, I see here they actually revived Youngling's Ice Cream in February 2014. After oh. a 30-year absence. Where do you get that? I don't know, but... Pennsylvania, probably. <laughs> yeah, it says Pennsylvania's finest. You can... They have a website and everything. They make a bunch of flavors. <laughs> 13 flavors. 13 flavors of ice cream? Yeah. Any beer-flavored ones? <laughs> <laughs> there better be. There's a butter beer. Yeah, no beer flavors. Other than butter beer. They have a cherry vanilla chunk. That's what I would Ooh, get. Ooh, yummy. I think this is uh, getting added to the uh, places I want to visit. Yes, I think going here would be really cool. Because are they still, well, I guess it burned down. And well, the, but that one is still, the one that they moved to. They is moved still, to is still there. Yeah, that would be really cool. Because you're basically going to the oldest brewery in the U.S. You know, it's well, funny, I'm looking at it in the map, and it is so far out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no, is it really? <laughs> All well, those like Harrisburg and Allentown and Philadelphia would be like sort of your closest big cities, but it's I'd have to make a trip. Yeah, I'd have to make a trip up to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, just because I'm an office fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, they continue the tradition of having of being a family business. All four youngling daughters were working at the brewery in 2014. Wow, so it's, it stayed in the family. Mm-hmm. 2015, they topped the Brewers Association annual list of largest sellers of craft beer. Oh, it looked like, okay, so now I'm looking at a distribution map of their uh, 2016. Okay. And it's still very East Coast, so like New York, Ohio. The farthest west it got was like Louisiana. So now that they're in Texas, uh, they are moving a little bit more west. But, but yeah, it's a majority East Coast beer. So we'll just have to go. I guess so. <laughs> well, what do they make? What do they make nowadays? Did you see some of the stuff they make now? So I think they have their traditional amber lager. They also have a light lager. Did you see this Hershey's chocolate porter? Oh yeah, their collaboration with Hershey's chocolate, which is based out of, of course, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Ah, okay. There's the connection. Yeah. So a Hershey's chocolate porter. I'll have to look around for that one. I'm sure I can get it now in Texas. It has a pretty good score. It yeah. has 86 on Beer Advocate. They have another one called the Black and Tan, 
Okay. Which I think is uh, a seasonal beer. Yeah, Hershey's chocolate porter. It says from it says on the very top of the bottle, younglings, and it says twenty one to plus to enjoy. That's really funny. I wonder if that's because it says Hershey's chocolate like so big on the box. It's like important for them to make sure that. Yeah, this is not it. just a chocolate drink. <laughs> It says alcohol on it. So they still um, they still make that Chesterfield Ale, which is one of their first beers they made. They have this black and tan, which is a combination, I think, of their of a porter and a lighter beer. Like yeah, that mix. makes sense. Isn't that what a... Can't you just order, like, a black and tan? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then they have their premium light lager, premium lager, and... Um, they're just their light lager. They're 99 calorie light lager. Okay. Yeah. So like a pretty traditional lineup. Yeah. Very, very streamlined to a few different kinds of lagers and a couple porters. That's it. Really interesting. It's yeah. cool that they've they survived this long. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, some of the European brewers that just have these super long traditions of doing something well and just keep doing it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, right. Their demand eventually exceeded their production capacity. So they just increased their production capacity, but they're not getting crazy. They poured a little Hershey syrup in one of their porters. That's about it. <laughs> that's as crazy as they were. That's as get. crazy as they get. <laughs> Although I do see there's a mango beer. Uh. This is a little crazy. Youngling Raging Eagle Mango Beer. Look out, Steven. They're going to have a hazy. They're going to have a hazy IPA. They're going to have a hazy IPA. You know what would really crush my soul? What? If there was a Youngling um, Alcoholic uh, Spritzer? What are they called? Oh, Hard Seltzer. A Hard Seltzer. (laughs) I don't think think that'll make a Hard Seltzer. Oh, my goodness. My heart could not handle it. All right, cool. So when are we going? Oh, you know, just as soon as... We win the lottery. <laughs> we're independently wealthy and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> just as soon as we're going we to <laughs> make a random trip to the middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd have to pair it with some other things to do. <laughs> this is pretty low on the bucket list, unfortunately. I've, I've wanted to do a um, like a his, like a U.S. history trip with my kids. Oh, like when, when they get a little bit older to do like a you know boston philadelphia take me steven yeah that'll be wasted on your children <laughs> my parents drove me across country when i was like 12 <laughs> zero appreciation you have no context to appreciate anything when you're no. yeah i mean i think our, our thought was like maybe when they're like 16 and 14 or something like that you know when like I don't know. I guess they would probably care even less at that age. But they just look at their phone the whole time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no. I got to post to the gram, you know. You would enjoy it. <laughs> no, you should take your kids. That's that's a good enriching experience for them to have. Yeah. What grade do you take U.S. history? Is that junior year? I just did not. I did not care. You don't, you don't remember? <laughs> I didn't care about history until I was in college. <laughs> We've been out of high school for. A thousand years. Twenty years. Yeah, I don't remember. I you just didn't go. Remember. You didn't go to the twenty-year reunion this year. Did we miss it? I I don't think they had it. I'm just teasing you. Did we go to our ten? We went to the ten. Wait, it's been twenty years since we were in high school. Oh man, that's horrifying. Yeah, <sighs> we're old. <laughs> it's all relative. 
But we are old. Yeah. We're not yeah. as old as young. That's <laughs> Yeah, they're coming up. They're going to be 200 years old pretty soon. We should go for their 200th anniversary. In uh, eight years. That's okay. Yeah, we'll that will be good timing. My kids will... That would be the perfect timing to take my kids on a U.S. history tour. There we go. It's settled. I'm going to come, too. And we'll go to the 200-year celebration of Youngling. That would actually be pretty cool. I bet it would, actually. So. All right. Eight years. I have eight years for my lotto tickets to hit. <laughs> Get on that. Oh, I play. We've discussed. I, yeah, I know you do. I don't <laughs> play, but uh, well, like I said, I only play when it gets to, like, 900 million. Yeah, and I then do. the whole world is playing. So I know it's such a waste of money, but I have to. Otherwise, all my coworkers will leave me. <laughs> it's just insurance against that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I'm not alone at work. But hey, in some universe we win. Yeah, and then we go to then the podcast gets really good. Yeah, then it blows up. We'll just funnel all of our resources into the podcast. We'll do. We'll record an episode every day. Oh, daily podcast. <laughs> yeah, from like breweries. That would be pretty fun. We'll just fly around and go to every brewery in the United States. Every single one to start knocking them off. Isn't there like the there's like the shows that in they try to eat at like every pizza restaurant in New York City and it's like impossible. Sounds impossible. I think it's the same thing. How many would they even be? I don't know, there's like hundreds. It's the same thing with breweries. We could never go to all of them. No. But you go to the good ones. Okay, we'll just go to the good ones. Yeah, plus there's like new ones every day. That's true. All right, well, did we officially... Well, we have the postscript now, so we don't have to worry. Does that relieve you? Oh, yeah. If we miss something, we'll just talk about it next episode. Well, now, like, I'm going to have to start intentionally not mentioning things so that I can (laughs) use it in the postscript. No, don't do that. Because what if we get to the next weekend? I'm like, well, there's nothing I forgot to say. I'm going to do research on dessert or breakfast. What is it called? The near beers? (laughs) No, what did they call them? The near beers. (laughs) It was like a cereal lager or whatever. Yeah, the Juvo. Yeah, I'm going to do research on that. How it's made. Give us all the deets. I just want to know more about this. A cereal beverage, non-intoxicating. I, I need to know, Stephen. Well, there's a little bit of alcohol in there. Point Less than 0.5%. Hmm. So do they ferment it and then take the alcohol out? What's going on? I don't know, Jason. You're the one that has to research this. And Okay. So we got our postscript all planned. <laughs> Which means I'll do it in 10 minutes before we record next time. <laughs> well, it's going to be... A, might be a quick turnover this this week so oh i don't have any time to do my homework yeah but i'll remember i i I guarantee there will be something i wanted to say that i didn't say so okay okay that's good well Uh, if you know if you know the answer if you know all about near beer production you can email us at contact.tenuation.gmail and then i don't have to do any homework and you know the other thing that people can do what's that they can after they listen they can review the podcast. Oh, yes. Give us a nice... Yeah, nice we review. like reviews. No Unless you give us a bad review, then don't do it. If you're going to give us a bad review, just send us hate mail instead. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing just, at all. Just don't post it to the algorithm. <laughs> you can tell us. Don't let the <laughs> algorithm know. Oh, goodness. And we're also on uh, Instagram at attenuation.podcast. So you can follow us there, too. 
I think that does so it. Many, so many good pictures of good beers on there. I know. It's a nice, it's a uh, menagerie of craft beer. What is Stephen drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Something good. All right, oh, sir, well, you know what I got? Ooh, maybe I might drink this on. Uh, maybe I'll drink it on the podcast. Remember I, I mentioned the Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix? Did you get and some? And the pickle beer? My coworker brought me some. So I have. You have the best coworkers. I know. Trust me. Yeah, okay. Drink that. Drink that next time we record. Okay. Or I might drink it for breakfast tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes some more sense, actually. Because <laughs> that's like a breakfast drink, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a Bloody Mary. Brunch. Brunch, brunch. Sunday brunch. Yeah, lazy Sunday. Start the day with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're wrapping it up, Steven. Oh, yeah, yeah, wrap it up. This has been we have to do it like last episode. We gotta, yeah, we need the hook that comes off from the side of the stage and just rips us up. <laughs> Hello, or <laughs> I'm reading the thing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to start a new episode okay. <laughs> sorry this has been episode 31 of attenuation of beer podcast my name is jason and i'm joined by my <laughs> it's steven that's me and we are bidding you adieu and cheers until next week <laughs> cheers buddy okay, bye. thanks for listening to this week's episode of attenuation of your podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on instagram or facebook for more fun content catch you next week cheers